This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, tea sippers. So welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. And I have a special guest in the house today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Deontay Earl Towner. I am a high school teacher and I'm a published author of three books. So thank you, Tea, so much for having me on your show. I feel so honored. And I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the community, shining light and speaking truth to power. Oh, you guys are more than welcome, and thank you for what you do as well. And I'm really excited that you were able to come onto my podcast. If you guys don't know, Mr. Deontay is somewhat of a celebrity himself, okay? He first slid into my DMs, I think about a year ago, like early 2019, And Uh he was talking about how he watches my videos and he's a teacher. And um, sometimes they play my videos in the classroom for like different discussions. And he was also on the Steve Harvey show. So he is one of those dedicated teachers in the urban community in L.A. And, you know, if it was not for people like you, because I know sometimes being a teacher can be a thankless job. But just know that even if they don't tell you while they're in your classroom, they can always look back at you and what you've done for them and be grateful. And it's so hard to right now because I'm teaching from home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you go on live, I get that notification. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, everybody, let's start silent reading right now. I need to watch the Lovely T show. So, (laughs) Lovely T, we love you over here in L.A. Just know that we love you. My students love you. And I love you guys, too. And I'm just I'm so happy to have y'all's teacher on my podcast. Hey, and what was so funny is that I remember when I first started getting into TikTok, because I was like, hey, what the hell is this TikTok thing? Right. You know, I kept hearing about it from my kids and, you know, other kids were like, you need to join TikTok. And I'm like, I think I'm too old. Yeah, it, like everybody. I don't care how old you are. You have people that are 85 years old. Yes. Doing TikTok. You have people in jail doing everybody's doing TikTok. Oh, yeah. And it was so funny because I mean, when I first started, I'm like, oh, shit, this is kind of fun. You know, I've always <laughs> danced and acted and did little skits. So I'm like, well, hell, this reminds me the old YouTube so I felt comfortable and then it was so funny because I think you had sent me a message and I clicked on your page wait hold up you're TikTok famous too yeah 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 I had 453,000 followers Mm -hmm. and only about five to six months yeah yeah, you were definitely doing your thing on TikTok and reporting news and doing skits. And and it was just really dope to watch. And I learned so much in the few months that I was on there. I don't I don't even TikTok. I barely even go on there anymore. But I learned like this was like this whole community. And it was like, you know, at the top of the TikTok community was like these A-list, you know, people. And they right. were like all kids. They were like literally 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds. And they're like some of the biggest influencers, not only on TikTok, but now in the world. 
Yeah, on the world, and they're getting invited to the NBA games, performing on ESPN. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're on Nike commercials, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And they even made the Forbes list, and these kids were literally the top seven most successful uh, TikTokers. And Mm -hmm. Addison Rae came in at number one, and she had made like $5 million in one year. Yes. Um, Charlie uh, D'Amelio, she was number two, and she made $4 million. Her sister mm-hmm. Dixie was number three, and she made two point nine million. That is crazy. Yeah, at the age of sixteen, it blows. It, it blows my mind, like how much money. <laughs> Kudos to them, but it really blows my mind to how much these top influencers are making in so, a, a short amount of time. Yeah, because I remember when I first found out about Charlie, um, my son's girlfriend was telling me about her. And he, she was like, oh, my gosh, she has a Dunkin' Donut drink. And they were all going to Dunkin' Donuts to go get this drink. And I'm like, who the hell is Charlie? They're like, she's right. the biggest influencer <laughs> on TikTok. So I watched her. I said, okay, so she dances. How did she get this drink? So then at first I said, well, damn, maybe she's been TikToking and dancing since she was two. I don't know. Then they told right. me she'd only been around for a year. I was exactly. like, what? This was all so done in a year? That- uh-huh. And it's so interesting that this whole TikTok thing is different from like YouTube and Instagram. Because if you don't have TikTok, sometimes you don't know about these people. Right. And then you see them bleeding over into YouTube and then bleeding over to Instagram. And now they're taking over all these platforms. Oh, yeah. Because now they're bona fide YouTubers. She has like 8 million followers on YouTube. They have mm-hmm. a whole series. Her and her family just got blessed. With, uh, they're about to do a Hulu um, show. So that was announced the other day. So this. Oh, this, wow. Yeah. So they are really blowing up. And so I was doing a lot of research. And one of the things I noticed is on her bio, they're saying that, you know, Charlie D'Amelio is a American media personality and dancer. She was born in Connecticut. And they claim that she's been doing competitive dance for 10 years. So mm-hmm. then I went back to watch. I always like to see the backstory of where people came from. And I went back right. to watch her first videos that she ever posted on TikTok um, I don't care what this bio says. That's not a con- she's not a competitive dancer. She doesn't right. have the skills of a of a dance. I know people who dance, dance, For and years, they take yeah, yeah right. and they take it seriously, and, and they have rhythm and they have beat. Um, what I saw was just a teenage girl having fun, being goofy, you know, trying right. to dance. But what I noticed is as the months progressed and she gained more followers, her choreography became more tight. Mm-hmm. And her dancing got better and she would include friends in her videos and her friends would dance better. And you would see where they would redo original songs that they did, like, you know, months before. Like, oh, well, right. let's do it better. And you could see the difference. And I know some of the controversy with her and like the Addison Ray is that Charlie really blew up from the Renegade dance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Charlie blew up from the Renegade dance and that caused a big stir in the community because people are saying, you're making so much money and a profit off this dance, but you're not giving credit to the original creator. And everybody kept leaving her comments in the comment section, like tag the original creator, tag the original creator. And then finally it was all over the news. It was all over, you know, the blogs. And then finally she gave um, tribute to the original creator. But then everybody was like, it's, it's a little bit too late. You made a profit off this young black girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, such is life. Right. <laughs> you know, right. one one thing, I remember what my, what my good friend Rona used to always tell me is that favor is not fair. Fair, exactly. It's, it's just not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Right. Beyonce is a talented dancer and singer, but I'm I'm nowhere near on her skill level and would never be, you know. So if she was blessed to be in a position where she was able to copy this dance and it blew up for her, that's just what it is. And the thing is, like I always tell people, we pick our celebrities, we pick mm -hmm. our influencers and people never understood that. But every like, every view, every heart. All that counts to boost these people up in the algorithm. Right. So if you guys were really champion behind the white, um, excuse me, the black girl, the young black girl, I forget her name. Jalea. Jalea. Okay. Yes. So if people were really champion behind her and she's the one who created the dances, she should have been getting those views, period. Right. But the problem with what I saw with TikTok a lot of times is that people who are more palatable are the ones who go through the algorithm. Right. So and you that don't was see. my biggest, my biggest mm-hmm. complaint mm-hmm. is that there's this book, rule book, back in the day when we all started YouTube, back in the Wild Wild West days, that if you work hard enough, then you will reach these levels of success that everyone else is getting. You'll get thousands of millions of followers. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing now on TikTok is that even if you work hard, there are just some people that are more set up for success than other people. So you have young people that are making up, creating all these dances, but they're not getting the sponsorship deals. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really reaching out to them. They're not getting the followers. And that's and that's very telling to, about the whole TikTok platform that they only want certain people to be on the popular page. Yeah. And the same can be said with YouTube. I mean, think about how long I've been doing YouTube news and commentary. Mm-hmm. There's really no difference besides race and gender between me and Philip DeFranco, who I I love and I admire and I've met him several times. But we we've kind of just done the same thing throughout the years. But you Mm -hmm. see, he is YouTube's news go to person. That is who is pushed through the algorithm. There's been times I broke stories before him, but he will get pushed through, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's how it is with a lot of these platforms. And. While it, it I, I go through it, you know, as, as a black right. woman. And I remember you creative. complained about that. You said mm-hmm. on your live that you're getting all these views, but sometimes you're still not getting pushed to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks my heart for younger creators that want to blow up one day. What hope is there for them if someone like Lovely P that's been putting in the work for years is sometimes not getting pushed through the algorithm? Yeah. I mean, even with the subscriber numbers where they'll unsubscribe people from my channel, it's like they're trying their hardest not to get me to a million, you know, right. people, I mean, people are like you should have been at a million. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. You know, but there's nothing I can do. So what do I do? Do I sit and sulk on that or do I just work with what I have and keep grinding and keep doing me and knowing that eventually, you know, what I'm saying people will appreciate me and respect the work that I put in in spite the fact of not having a corporate backing of not having somebody, you know, help to push me through an algorithm because I'm not as palatable as other people. Exactly. You know? And, and to, to piggyback off of your point, cause I was thinking about that too, when I was preparing for the podcast on how much has changed from the time we were kids. And like mm-hmm. you said, we were always told work hard, put in, put your best foot forward. And the more work that you put in, the more benefits you'll receive. And, 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 you know, these are the things you'll, you'll see the, the, the benefits of the fruits of your labor. 
That's how right. we were raised. But it's not like that anymore. I remember a few years ago, that was one of the things that we were preaching to young kids is, you know, who cares if somebody has a big following? Nobody's going to ask you on your job how many followers you have on Twitter. Just focused on school. But all that has shifted. Now all your like, following yeah. can make or break you in the real world. Exactly. And it's and it's so sad because I remember back in the day, T, and I'm going back down memory lane is that when YouTube first started, I miss the days where people would make, you know, song covers, play their little ukulele, report news or do and do all that and only do it because that's what they love to do. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's all about going viral. And so you have a lot of people that are doing things not because they love it. It's only because they want to go viral. They want the views. They want the followers. And this whole online thing has very became very convoluted, and it's and it's sad to see the route that social media is going. Yeah, and you know, and the the scary part is we don't know what's going to come of this two, three, four, five years from now because mm-hmm. you have a whole generation of kids who have literally been raised on YouTube. Like my yes. youngest is fifteen, so he was born right around the time of YouTube and everything else. He was born in '05. YouTube came, I think, in two thousand six. So wow, wow, yeah. So he's always <laughs> said anything, right? So these kids have always been raised with social media, with you know YouTube, Facebook, things like that. And so the problem lies is right now. This is all these kids know. So, so many mm-hmm. kids now, and I'm sure you see this as a teacher, that's what they want to be now. They yeah. want to be Instagram influencers, YouTubers, Viners. Well, Vine's gone, but at one point Vine's they did. Vine's gone. Rest um, in peace Vine. TikTokers. <laughs> you know, they want to be social media famous because right. for them it's easy work. It's a bunch of damn money. You know, if you can get with the right sponsorship and the right brand deal. And why should I work hard and go to college for four years? Why should I go be a doctor when you have a 16 year old who's worth eight million dollars from literally dancing on TikTok? Exactly. And it's so sad because I was um, reading an article on L.A. Times and it says one to five young people, one to every five young people have depression, anxiety, um, dealing with body issues. So say if you want to be, you know, YouTube, Instagram famous, but you're already dealing with all these emotional things in your life. Imagine how much more heightened it's going to become when you get to that level of success on social media. And that's a lot of things that social media influencers don't talk about. It's like this yeah. package of once you reach a million followers or you become famous online, all your problems go away. And that's a false narrative that these kids are really buying into. It's like more money, more problems, more followers, more problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You deal with a lot of stuff because with the good, you know, when everybody loves you, it's a good feeling. But you yes. also have a segment of the population that hates you for no not because you did anything to them, not because you took their man. You know, what I'm saying they really hate you because you are living what they want to live. You are living a lifestyle. You are being afforded something that they're not being afforded to. So they take all that anger and animosity out on you. And so, it's even harder now because you have cancel culture that's yeah. always after just everybody anything that you say like i've seen on your page where people will chop different segments in your video and make it as though you said something that you did not say Mm -hmm. and so what some of my students struggle with some of them are twitter famous 
And so what a lot of people are doing now with people's tweets is they're able to edit the tweets to make it look like you said something that you didn't say. Mm. And so some of my students are like, Mr. Towner, I don't get why people on social media hate me and I didn't even do anything. And so it just comes to show that these kids' minds are so innocent that even when you don't do anything wrong, anything problematic, there's still a large section of people on social media that hate you and just want to take you down. Yeah, it's the truth. And I remember I had ran across the Reddit post. And I want to read it really quick. Um, I thought it was very interesting, but I respected the person's honesty. So they had written this on, on Reddit. And so they said, people hate social media influencers slash YouTubers because they are jealous of them. Then they go on to say, yeah, I know this is a bit of a harsh reality for a lot of you out there. But let's be honest. It's the truth. I personally feel this exact way, and I didn't realize it until just now. I absolutely despise influencers and kids like Ryan's toy review, or whatever his name is, because I'm jealous of their lives. If I could make a video twice a week getting brand new toys and make millions of dollars a year just for that, I'd be so fucking happy. Instead, here Mm -hmm. I am. 18, out of high school, having to pick a job, which will stress me out the least and still allow me to survive. It sucks. And I honest and I'm honestly jealous of them. And yes, I know a lot of it is also hate um, for them being vain or pretending to actually not have any problems in their life and stuff like that. But you guys know what I'm talking about, because we all know underneath all of the hatred of their vanity and narcissism. We wish we could live their lives and we hate that they're doing better than us. Mm, and that came from a teenager. That, and it's it speaks that, volumes. That's real. Yeah. It speaks volumes. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that part. So today's sponsor comes from BetterHelp.com. Are there certain things that are interfering with your happiness? Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. You can speak to them in a safe and comfortable environment, and everything will be confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you can get 10% off your very first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash SipSlow. That is my code to get the 10% off. Over 1 million people are taking charge of their mental health by talking to licensed professional counselors who specialize in a variety of things. Everything from depression to stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, and much more. So once again, if you are looking for some type of mental health support, make sure you go on to betterhelp.com slash sip slow to get 10% off today. Someone real to, to yeah. be able to say that. Yeah, it, it's the truth, you know, and, and jealousy is a natural human emotion, but it's what mm-hmm. you do with that jealousy. And when you're allowed to fester, then it just becomes like a negative cancer. So once you recognize it, then you have to realize, okay, so I could sit here and waste all this energy being jealous and being a hater and being mad at the fact that these people blew up in less than a year. They're living in a mansion. They have a private chef. Or I could figure out what I want to do in my personal life to make myself feel and do better. Right. And it's very scary, especially for these influencers, because a lot of these influencers that are young people that are getting popular and famous still see themselves as sometimes normal people. I can still go to this house party. I can still hang out with some of my old friends and they don't realize 
that once you reach a level of success, mm-hmm. you have to be really careful who you're around because you never know who secretly hates you and yeah. is secretly jealous of you because we've seen so many influencers got got killed or murdered and it and it's and it's very sad to know that you know this is the route that we're going with people that they're allowing their jealousy and hatred to take over and I keep telling people over time this is a spiritual warfare that we're going going through and a lot of people say oh it's not that deep no yes, but it, it is. is that deep but then mm-hmm. I have to go back in time when I was young when the old church mothers would say stop listening to that hip hop music it's, it's not good for you. The devil's in it. And then now we see the manifestation of it today. Preach. And it's like us going back and telling the young generation now, they're like, it's not that deep. But a lot of them are going to have psychological issues when they get over or older, when they're not getting viral like they used to be. Yeah. And you even see it with some of the aging YouTubers, you know, mm-hmm. their jealousy and their animosity. Because again, we came up in an era where we had to work for every subscriber. We mm-hmm. had to work for every view. There was no, we, we started the whole like, comment, and subscribe, okay? Right, we, we, right. We, we took the falls. We took the hits. We took the, st- the stumbles. Sometimes our channels got deleted and, and you know, demonetized right and everything back. else. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we went through it as OGs to make it easier for this, for this new generation. You know, that's why I was kind of upset when James Child, Charles called uh, Marlena, Marlena Steele, the makeup lady for Makeup Geek, when he called mm-hmm. her that woman. That yeah, woman put they in don't work. Realize you guys walk, so y'all, so exactly. they can run. Exactly. We, we crawled, scraped, and scratched. So that way you can make a, a YouTube channel and blow up and have 14 million followers in less mm-hmm. than two years. That right. was impossible when we started. That's right. why a lot of people who've come after us have been able to even surpass us because you didn't have to go through all the, the bumps and bruises. And they're, e- they're you're easier put through the algorithm because you're younger and you have more of a connection with the younger. Face and exactly. all these contracts tied to We didn't have all these contracts back in the day. Mm-hmm. We literally just had to make our money by we had our little side job. And then we got on Internet at nighttime and did what we had to do. And now it's like this is their whole job. Internet. Yep. We didn't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. And then it's like when you try to talk about it and like, oh, you all are just bitter and old. And I'm like, you don't realize you're going to get older one day. Yeah. Can't be 16 forever. But (laughs) I I do feel like there is some animosity, you know, and that kind of ties back to when she had the drama with Trish Paytas and then the whole situation with um, Perez Hilton. And and that's what had led you to reach out to me because I had did Mm -hmm. a live stream about that, how Perez was he got banned off of TikTok. And Mm -hmm. you kind of explained to me that the D'Amelios, they have a lot of power on that app. So if you want to go ahead and tell your story with them. Okay. So we have to realize that these darlings and these faces of TikTok have a whole machine behind them. So when you're trying to take them down, it's not going to work because they have so many corporations that already work with TikTok. And I remember Charlie was getting so much hate on TikTok. And I'm the type of person like, you know, wrong is wrong and right is right. And people were saying for her to go kill yourself. People were sending her death threats. People were actually going to her house, um, shouting and, you know, saying, come outside. I want to beat you up on a fight recording outside her house. Oh, no. And so I, yes, 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 yes. Wow. So I ended up making a TikTok video that went viral. And I was basically saying, you know what? We have to go back to being human. Mm. all over again we can't wish death on nobody and um after i made that video her mother 
reached out to me and basically said, you know, thank you for, you know, standing up for my daughter. And then I screenshot and I posted on Instagram. Oh my gosh, Charlie's mom, you know, reached out to me. But it just shows that, but if you speak negatively about them or anybody that's the top on TikTok, your account is going to get deleted. Mm. I mean, I've seen so many people, the rule on TikTok is this. If you uh, cross community guidelines, then they'll give you like three, four warnings, a strike, and then they'll delete your account. But what happened to Perez Hilton and different uh, TikTokers is that some of them don't get a warning at all. It's just you talk about them bad, bam, the next morning you wake up and your account is gone. And there's no way, I promise you, there's no way you're going to get it back. Sometimes you have to start over. And even if you start over, your account is deleted again. Mm. And so it's very telling when you have a grown man, like, I mean, a grown man that's put in work, even if we love or we hate him, he's put in a lot of work back in the day on MTV, that you have him crying about to get his TikTok back. And that really made a lot of people, you know, it, it didn't feel comfortable, a grown man crying to the family for him to get his TikTok back. Yeah, that was very uncomfortable for me to watch because Perez Hilton was one of the people that I looked up to. When I first mm-hmm. came online, um, not even so much the celebrity gossip, but I was always the type of young person where I knew things were moving towards the way of the Internet. And I mm-hmm. always wanted to figure out a way to make money in my sleep. That was right. like my whole goal in my early 20s. How can I make money while I'm sleeping? Right, and that's right, when I right. Because everybody remembers Perez Hilton. He hosted the Bad Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Every time when there's a hot topic coming out, he would get on with his messy stuff and say what he had to say and, you had social media, uh, you had rappers trying to confront him. Like, Perez Hilton, he, he he's work. a pioneer that these young people don't know about. Mm-hmm. He did. And he was able to make a living off of his website. You know, yes. having fun and, and, you know, doing what he wanted to do and creating his own rules. So it was very uncomfortable to watch. But um, I, I can see her just being super grateful, the mother, because some, like you said, we have to go back to a place where we're human, you know, because I remember when she was going through all of that mess, Charlie, with the whole thing with the um, with the the chef and the sisters and all this. Mm-hmm. And I remember so many young kids were DMing me like, oh, you got to talk about this. You got to drag her. What people need, I, I'm a mother, first and foremost, right. right? So my kids are these children's age. I have a 19 year old and I have a 15 year old. I cannot, in, in, in good conscience as a mother, sit up here and drag and talk down to a child. I'm not going to do it. I'll check them. I might right. say some stern things like, you know, look, this is what needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. But if you think I'm about to cuss out a child and, and tell them that they're everything but a child of God and wish <laughs> them dead, you're not going to get that from this channel. I'm not because exactly. I wouldn't want anybody talking to my child like that. You right. know, and so I, and that's, yeah. right. And there's no, and that's the thing about social media. There's no age limit. I don't care if you're mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, Twitter and all these social media info, websites, they will drag you. And that's yeah. why I always tell my students, stop going on social media, talking about I'll fight whoever and um, uh, pull up because people, grown people will pull up to your school and pull up on you. So you mm-hmm. have to be careful. And you know what? I remember me and another woman talked about this in the summertime about how much social media has just basically ruined our, you know, our our social skills, right? Mm -hmm. Think about this. When we were growing up, you had to physically see people. 
So when you saw somebody, you read the room. So if you walked into a room with a bunch of older people, you know, your elders, you acted a certain way. You didn't come in there like, yo, what up, dog? What up, my man? You came in like, hey, sir, how are you? Good day. You know what I mean? Because right. you were physically able to see them. If you went into a room with a bunch of children, you're not going to be like, hey, hand me a blood. and be like, hey, you know, did you watch Sesame Street today? You know what I mean? So you were able to read the room. The problem with social media is we don't know who anybody is behind the screen name. We don't. I don't know if Deont- if Deontay Towner, even if I never saw your picture, I just see a screen name. I don't know if you're 11 or if you're 32. <laughs> I've you been having kids who get into my media. DMs. You can be anybody you want. You can be anybody. I've had kids slip into my DMs and I'm thinking they're grown because of stuff that they're sending me. You know, like hey, really baby, deep right? stuff. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, they're sending me really deep stuff about conspiracies and stuff. And then they'll be like, oh, uh, T, I got a question. Well, I'm in the 10th grade. Wait, wait, wait. How did you get in here in the 10th grade? Right. <laughs> How did you get my DMs? I thought you was a grown adult sending all this deep stuff. But- right, because I did a podcast one day <laughs> called Once a Cheater, Always a Cheater. Uh-huh. I remember I was teaching one of my, my, my class when I first got at this new school. I teach at a medical high school now. And they're like, oh, Mr. Towner, we, I love your, that podcast that you did called Once. I'm like, wait a minute. You're only in ninth grade. What are you talking about? Once a Cheater, Always a Cheater. Get out of here. <laughs> Right. And and that's the part is that, you know, everything there, there's no rhyme or reason on social media. You know, you can deal with people. Um, you'll have 60 year olds watching you to 10 year olds. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just the mixed bag. And we're not even going to talk about the different races of people, you know, who follow right. you and support and just different things like that. But I think that that's where that comes in is that. People just don't have that respect because you're not physically seeing that person. You're not looking into that person's eyes. When you are on the street and you're looking at somebody's eyes and you're going to think twice before you tell that person to go kill themselves. You're not shit. Mm -hmm. F you. You're going to think twice because when we were growing up, yeah, you might buck up to somebody, but be prepared to what they might do to you right back. So if you say I'm about to beat you mm -hmm. or fight you, be prepared that you might get punched in the face. Whereas with social right. media, they've gotten so comfortable with these threats because they know a lot of times there's no ramifications. Right. And it's and it's very interesting because it's just one of those things where so many people are just going back and forth with each other. But, you know, good and well, if they were seeing each other in Walmart, they mm-hmm. wouldn't say anything. So it's just like there's this I can say and do whatever I want on social media and you can't do nothing about it. But my thing is this. When someone does roll up, why is everyone so surprised? Like, oh, I can't believe that person rolled up or that person got shot. I'm like, they talk so much stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is the real, this is real. Like, you literally have people on social media that when they say, drop your Addy and you drop it, they will come try to fight you. And all of a sudden, everybody's just shocked on social media. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they actually fought. I'm like, this is, this is real. This is not something to be played with. People are getting hurt, beat up, killed. Mm-hmm. Like, think twice before you say anything. And like, a lot of people aren't. They're not thinking. They're just saying, oh, I'm big and bad. And uh, and I, I, I just hate the way that it's going. I really do. Because we're becoming so dehumanized to what we say. Like, people, they professionals that would never say it, say something like that in real life are saying it on social media. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. I know you. I know you in real life. You don't talk like that. You're not a gangster. Right. You're a pastor. Right. Oh, yeah. Everybody's tough on Twitter, you know, and and that's the thing that even in a lot of these urban communities and you can attest to that being a teacher in L.A., 
Mm-hmm. Um, even here in the Twin Cities where I'm at, a lot of the beef with young people is because of social media. Is because mm, okay, the War yeah. of the Wards, the, the emojis that they use, you know, and the the difference is when we were younger, before social media, let's say something happened at the high school, y'all get into a fight in the neighborhood, it mm. was those people who were there to witness it. You might have heard about yes. it the next day, like, oh, such and such got into a fight, this person lost the fight, it was funny, whoa, whoa, whoa. And a few weeks later, it's done, It's it's that's it. But with social media, what it created is... That cell phone. They're recording yes. that fight. So you could be 25 years old. That video of you getting your ass whooped in the bathroom in ninth grade is still on World Star Hip Hop. With Let's your first middle it. and last name. <laughs> you know, and that's the crazy part with social media is that you can, there's no deleting. It, it doesn't erase. Right. And there's also a lot of false narratives that get spun on social media. I remember four years ago, I used to teach at this school in South Central LA. My first school, when I first became a teacher, everybody wants to go viral, which they still do. And I remember these uh, two friends, one was Mexican, one was Black, and they got into a fight. And then the, they titled it um, Black versus Mexican. And then you had a bunch of Black people on the side, and you had a bunch of Mexicans, and they were going back and forth fighting. And they went really to blows. And then the next day at school, um, everybody was talking about the video. Everyone, different people got suspended. And when those guys came back, they were best friends all over again. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. I thought y'all just, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mad. I'm just like, I thought y'all got into fight. Like y'all made a man that's really big of you. And they're like, oh no, we did it just to go viral. Mm-hmm. And I told them, don't you realize now that that video that went viral, they're going to start thinking that our school and just in L.A., there's like this huge race war between black and Mexicans. And you guys just did it just to go viral. And that's a sad, it's a spiritual warfare all over. And you look at a video and you think the whole world is like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about all the YouTubers at one point in time, like Fousey Tube and Roman Atwood and, you know, the others who were sitting there, uh, Joey Salads, making it seem like the world was such a bad place. Homeless mm-hmm. man sits on the corner and somebody kicks him in his chin. nobody you know the most people might do when they see a homeless person on the street in LA is just walk over them who's good they're already down and out who's gonna kick them in their chin you know so but it was like it was more about the money and the clickbait you know and they made the world seem like it was such a horrible place and it's like no the world is not that bad but unfortunately because of that stuff that they created people ran with that formula Like, Mm -hmm. let's just do anything to go viral, anything to be famous, because, again, to a lot of folks, the ends justify the means. And if the ends is I can be worth, you know, millions of dollars, take care of my family, get ourselves out the hood, then that's what it is. And we also have to take some of that blame um, ourselves as consumers, because when you think about it. A lot of the shows that even that we follow, we follow people who live a glamorous lifestyle, who live a lifestyle that most of us cannot afford to live. Nobody is watching The Real Housewives of Section 8. Let's keep that real, okay? (laughs) We're watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Potomac, Salt Lake City. Nobody wants to follow around poor people in the hood and listen to them, you know, cry about how they're going to pay their bills or, you know, they're struggling with this and that. We all want to vicariously, and we can lie and say that we don't, but truth be told, we all live vicariously through people, you know, whose lives that we deem interesting that are not like us. 
and we start imitating them through our Instagram mm-hmm. and through our Twitter, mm-hmm. knowing that we don't got all that money, but we just want to look rich like everyone else does. And that goes back to it's all of a, it's all of illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's why, too, a lot of these girls end up being popular, because even when I watched her first video and I'm looking around at the background, this is a pretty nice house, Charlie. You don't look like big, you came from the house. struggle. A big old house. Okay, so you know what? Like she started making videos in the projects and now they move to a mansion in Cali. You know, right. so that that's the thing too that people need to realize that a lot of the folks that we follow on social media and on TikTok, a lot of these kids are already somewhat rich. They come from, you know, wealthy, more upper class families. You see them dancing in front of these huge stairwells and, you know, yeah. big And now windows. they got a whole house together now. It's called the Hype House. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's another reason why they do that type of stuff, because I know they do it on YouTube where like those big gaming YouTubers would have big houses and stuff like that. They like run out mansions and, you know, the top tier YouTubers would all live together and stuff. But I think why a lot of them do that and create these hype houses is once you get to a certain level, it's very hard to trust people. It really is. And they hardly trust each other, too, when they get in that house. Two weeks later, we find out they all fighting each other. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. just like. It's sad that we live in that world where, you know, a lot of people don't trust each other. I remember when I was doing the um, breaking news on TikTok, I had so many people trying to spill tea on their friends. And I'm just like, Mm. wait, this is your like, why are you sending these screenshots? And they'll say, oh, well, don't say don't say it was uh, it was for me because I don't want our friendship. And I'm just like, and this is why we live in a world because everybody wants to expose each other. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to embarrass each other. Everybody wants to shame each other for only emotional gain to look like they're just, they're just this great person in the world. Yeah. And again, that's that evil spirit, you -hmm. know, of deception and being messy. You know, I grew up in an era that even if you fell off with your friend, you just went your separate ways. Whatever right. secrets you told me during our friendship, I'm taking those secrets to the grave. But right. the way these bitches are built nowadays, they're not shit. Okay? And I Just keeping say it people, real. We are all one screenshot away of being canceled. Right. It's just, we, live, we live in that messy world. I remember this girl, she exposed all her friends for saying the N-word. And so they were, she was making, she had like 2.3 million followers on TikTok because she was just exposing people left and right. And then guess what happened? A week later, all of a sudden, she gets caught saying the N-word with the hard R on camera. So it's mm. just like this this, this purity politics that people want to act like they're so pure, but they're doing the same thing behind the scenes that they're trying to cancel everyone else for. Right. Right. You know, like I've always said, you know, if if people had social media in the 90s, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of us would have been canceled as kids, you know? Right. And that's why I don't believe in cancel culture. I believe yeah. in educating somebody, letting them know what they did wrong and giving them a chance to redeem themselves. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. You know right. what I'm saying? Imagine if somebody didn't give me a chance to redeem myself off of the mistakes I made when I was younger. Where would I be today if I was just canceled because I right. did something wrong? You know, and right. that's the part where to me, why, why I call it um, lazy protesting. It's easier mm-hmm. to just hit hashtag you're canceled than to actually get to the root of the problem as to why that person made a racist remark, why that person made a homophobic remark. That's too hard for a lot of people to do. And that's why I think a lot of people aren't putting in that work. And I said, as as activists, we have to make sure that we're putting in the work to make sure that we're not hurting other people and oppressing other people as well. And learning that, you know, 
as activists, we said some problematic things when we were 16 and 15. But guess what? Well, we, every, people barely have flip phones. So our business didn't get aired. And that's the difference because a lot of these kids now that are becoming famous at like 16, 17, 18, all their mistakes are all over the social media and it gets blown over times a million. Yeah. Like I know the latest drama that she's in has to do with them going to the Bahamas. I don't know if you um, heard about that. Oh, no. Okay, so what happened is that basically a week ago, this was like around Christmas, um, Charlie decided to chastise everybody and say, hey, you know, all you people need to stop, you know, hanging around your friends during school break. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and you guys just need to calm down and do the right thing. So people are like, um, okay, cool, you know, thank you. We'll, we'll stay away from each other. We're social distance. We want to get L.A. back better. Right. So let me go ahead and play you the video where she's kind of talking to her audience about doing the right thing. And we'll talk about the Bahamas trip. Okay. <laughs> okay. So check this out. If you're using this time to hang out with your friends since you don't have school, please, um, like I'm asking you, like, please stop being so inconsiderate to others because you may think like, oh, this isn't going to affect me. Like, there's no, like, this isn't. It's not that bad, like, whatever. You're thinking, like, oh, you're a teenager, you're immune. Like, you are putting other people at risk to get hurt and to be, like, in pain. Okay, so then what happened is, like, literally for New Year's, there's another rich influencer that I found out about. Her name is Maddie Monroe. Okay. Okay, so she's rich. Her family owns a private jet. Her parents are worth $50 million, honey. I'm like, who these kids be living their best life? So, right. the, so the mama done got all the top influencers a private jet and brought them down to the Bahamas. And they're in the hotel. Uh, some are wearing masks, some are not. They're trying to act like they're at home in L.A., but people, you know, social media sleuths, honey. They were looking at the oh, yeah. ceilings and, oh, that's a ceiling from a hotel in the Bahamas. Right. They, <laughs> they don't miss nothing on social media. They're, right. like, they're like, that don't look like her regular ceilings. So long story short, she was blasted and it was several of them that were blasted for going to the Bahamas during, you know, um, uh, New Year's. And they felt like it was very hypocritical because you done gave this whole, you know, song and dance speech about people doing the right thing, staying home. But it doesn't count for you millionaires and for you famous TikTokers. You guys don't have to follow the rules that you guys are trying to push on everybody else. So she's getting a lot of backlash for that. But again, like you said... She's 16, so all of her mistakes and everything she goes through is going to play out in the public eye. Right, and I was thinking that how sometimes as young people, your brain isn't fully developed. Like me and you, we know the social media streets. We know that when you make a bold statement like that to all your followers, you better make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's because social media will be looking at you. And it just goes back to how this this is all class level because a lot of her friends... Um, they party. They party in L.A. and they all go to house parties. And so it's like the same energy you have for the regular smuggler folks is the same energy that you need to have towards your friends mm-hmm. as well. You can't be preaching to us, but then your friends are doing the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it all boils down to. You know, it's just that hypocrisy that some of these people, you know, they're, they're not being put in positions to be moral commentators. And it's like, dude, right. just just dance. Just pick a song and dance. Just <laughs> dance. That's all you just, just, yeah, just, just, just dance. Just have fun because when you make broad, big statements like that, 
then you better make sure you you're practicing what you're preaching. That's what we always learned in the church. Practice what you preach. Don't just say things just because it sounds good. Yes, that is a right message, but wrong messenger. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think she'll bounce back from this, you know, but like, oh, I yeah, said, of course. Yeah. You, you know, people talk all this mess and they drag and they cancel, but they still watch her videos. Even yeah. though I think the most recent video that she put up today or yesterday had like 34 million views. So that right there told yeah. me she'll be all right. <laughs> and it just goes back to this double mindedness that people have on social media. We'll say, oh, we're going to cancel this person because they said some problematic things. And then the next day we're watching all their videos and reposting it. And it just goes back to that we're not fully invested in what we believe and it's carrying out to different avenues in the world that we live in today. And I'm like, and I always tell people, whatever you say, stand on it. Don't keep going back and backpedaling and saying, oh, you know what? I think I'm a still supporter. If if, if you're going to support it, support it. If you're not, you're not. But don't drag someone's name down so bad on social media that you're telling them to go, like, go kill themselves. You wouldn't want somebody else telling your parents that. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting how social media has changed every facet of society. And I know I was telling you earlier for me, because um, I don't have daughters. So a lot of times when I find out about these TikTokers and, you know, these girls, it's usually from like, you know, like my son's is female friends or, mm-hmm. you know, little female cousins. So for me, I'm more into the sports world because I have boys. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. I've noticed with the sports world is that social media is definitely impacting the youth athletes. So now um, with a lot of these athletes, you have these kids who are 14, 15, 16, and they're becoming verified on Instagram. You know, Mikey Williams, and I follow him because my sons follow him, but he's also a really good, you know, dope basketball player. But he has like 857,000 followers. Drake follows him. Um, D Wade comments on his post all the time. Bronny has shouted him out. LeBron Sr. has shouted him out. So it's like a lot of these, you know, these youth uh, athletes now are also. And I was I was saying to my son, like, how can that not give you a big head? If at right. 15 years old, you're because, you know, the jocks right at the school, they're the most popular. Oh, kids, yeah. The jocks right? at the school, they're like the celebrities. They're the celebrities <laughs> of the school. So now we're verifying them on social media at 15, 16 because they can dribble a ball because they're a good football player. And you have legit athletes and, and stars, you know, you know, leaving comments on their page. How do how do you maim, how do you remain humble at 15, 16, if you're Mikey Williams, you get what I'm saying? Cause right, just right. being a human being and being a young person, you're definitely going to walk with an air about yourself around the school. And talk disrespectful to your teachers mm. and talk down to other students mm. and feel like the rules don't, you know, you can't, you don't have to comply with the rules because of who you are. Yeah. And people don't realize that you can't just do that. Somebody's going to humble you. Somebody's going to humble you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really slippery slope that we're doing because and when you think and especially with the student athletes, what has me worried? And I was telling this to the boys. I said, what has me worried is when we're validating these kids so young and and giving them blue check marks and their whole validation is wrapped in that and wrapped in followers. What happens when they don't make it to the NBA? Right. And you're going to have all those haters clowning them, too. Huh? Best believe you're gonna have all those haters clowning them too. Yeah. Talking about how do you verify it and Drake follows you and he still didn't make it to the NBA. And then sometimes, he, how, how many times, Lovey T, do we watch these people grow up, these child stars, 
And then years later, they're like a has-been or they're on Hollywood drinking and they're, they're addicted or they, they, they're going down the wrong path. And that's what I'm very worried about is that these young people, they get this fame so fast. Mm-hmm. How is that going to mentally and emotionally damage them as years to come when they're not where they think they should be? Because they don't realize you may be hot now, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be hot next year or tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that fame is always fleeting, you know, especially when you're talking about social media because they're always looking for the next it person, the next mm-hmm. fresh face. You know, that's why you have the, you know, look at where Black China and Amber Rose are. You know, at one yeah. point in time, they were like the hottest video vixen slash, you know, rapper girlfriends out there. And now they're getting made fun of. Yeah. Nobody really, everybody's taking them as a joke. And it just shows that, you know, you may be hot, you may be getting all the followers, but now it's like you're, you're doing all this stuff, you know, because Black China now, she, I think she has a thing where you can call her or something, and, but you have to, or she'll, you pay her to follow you back. And so it's like, they're scraping for money right now. Oh, yeah. When not even four or five years ago, she was getting maybe 20000 for a club appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that, and that, that can really take a toll on your ego and on your self-esteem. You know, if you were like that guy or girl at one point in time and now nobody knows who you are, nobody cares because now we're all on to Ari or whatever hot Instagram model, you know, is popular nowadays, you know. Right. And and that's the thing is like a lot of people get all of this fame, they get all of this attention, they get all these followers. And you are so right. It goes to their head. Like you see right. where they were at before they got that when they were just struggling or they were trying to, you know, they, they really wanted to live that lifestyle. So they spent their time hating on other people, like the city girls, how disgusting their old tweets are. Old tweets, right. The, on. Them are some of the most <laughs> disgusting tweets. And these were grown women at the time. They weren't 12 yeah. and 13. They were grown. No, they were grown. They were grown. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you never know where you're going to be in the future. And a lot of that stuff can come back to haunt you. And it's very mm-hmm. funny when you watch how these people were before the fame and then once they get it they act like they were just burned you know like they were born in Burberry they were born in Fendi like no right. you, you was born at the county hospital calm down a bit you know right. like, you weren't raised on right. you know with a silver spoon <laughs> right tell your backstory stop being ashamed and tell your backstory let people know where you really came from yeah 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 this whole it, social media thing man it's been a very very interesting ride yes it, it's just I can't see where I can't wait to see where it goes in five years from 10 years from now, because um, a lot of these celebrities um, are taking over social media now. Now that kind of Hollywood is shut down. And so a lot of them are, you know, getting on the the making YouTube channels and making podcasts. And I'm like, weren't you guys just making fun of people that are on YouTube and making podcasts? And now you guys are taking over the scene. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's sad for these regular smuggler folks that are just trying to make it big on social media. But then you have, you know, these stars taking over. Oh, yeah. It, the whole landscape of social media is going to be changing, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole landscape of television, everything, because everything is moving towards the Internet and Internet medium. Cable television is dying. The only thing that's keeping yeah. cable is live sports. But I don't know if you noticed, um, literally every platform now is coming out with their own streaming service. Yep. And there's and on top of that, there's a lot of censorship too of what you can and cannot say, mm-hmm. and how some of those rules only apply to certain people. Yeah, and that's the truth, and that's where that battle comes in with old media and new media. 
you know, because mm-hmm. before with old media, they ran everything. It was based yeah. off of their opinion, you know, off of what the Washington Post said, the New York Times. And then you had people like me and others who are just renegade. Like, I, I don't have a degree in journalism, but mm-hmm. I understand the concept. I understand having integrity and researching and all that stuff, you know. Right. So that's where a lot of that jealousy and, 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 you know, issues come in with old media because it might take 50 people to get a newspaper article or a magazine article or online article together. And for me, it's just me. I don't need right. a whole team of folks, you know? Right. And so we're, and we're also able to deliver the news quicker. Whereas they got to mm-hmm. wait till somebody goes down to the building and locks the door and lets y'all in. I can just roll out of bed and be like, hey, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. This, <laughs> this is going down right now. And the now sad on thing about it is sometimes they still, your guys' content, and don't and they don't give you credit for it. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes when you watch these different people or read these uh, articles, you're like, wait a minute, Lily T said that on her, right. on her podcast or her live stream. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've watched mainstream people now hold teacups in their hand. Right. You know, and sip tea, and it's like the funniest thing, you know. And yeah, and that definitely goes back to Wendy Williams. She definitely started that, and she definitely created that lane. You know, I'll never take that from her. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. very funny now, like how all of these A-listers are now begging and fighting to like be seen on social media, and mm-hmm. that's where now it's everything is so convoluted. There is no. I don't really believe anymore. I think the celebrity bubble is dying along with the influencer bubble. Mm -hmm. There's such a thin line now. Uh, Charlie D'Amelio is just as famous as a Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, if not more. Yeah, if not more. Everybody knows Charlie D'Amelio. Like, my old grandmother knows Charlie Mm D'Amelio. Everybody knows Charlie D'Amelio. And that makes, you know, these celebrities feel some type of way because at the end of the day, a lot of these celebrities are on contract. And a lot of these social media influencers, they run, they get all the money. They right. they get all that money. And so they don't have to split it between three, four, five, six people. Mm-hmm. And that really makes a lot of these um, celebrities pissed off. Oh, yeah. They definitely feel away. You know, even like with what I do with commentary, they definitely feel away. You know, because it's like when you take a, let's say, like a group like uh, Fox Soul or, um, you know, E! News, they have to play the producer and the writer and all this and that. It's just myself, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that definitely makes them feel some type of way when Beyonce has to put on a show. She has to practice for days to get the choreography, the dance moves down. Meanwhile, this girl can dance off beat and she's getting a $10 million <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts deal. So I'm yeah, do a show of hand and she got 2.3 million. <laughs> exactly. And I can only imagine how the cheerleaders, honey feel. Cause I'd be hot. Because right. cheer, cheer was my show, okay, before the whole allegations with, you know, Jared, but oh, uh, with yeah. Jerry, but oh, Cheer man. was still yeah, a really good show. Good show. Good show. It was a very good show, and it, it just really opened my eyes to how hard that these young people work and the injuries, you know, that you can yes. sustain and, you know, the concussion. What you put your body through. Yeah, your what brain, you put, and then waking once, up early. Yep. And then once they go to the competition, there's nothing after that. There is no cheering for adults. Like, once you graduate college, that's it. And these are people who have been in cheerleading since they could walk, you know, two and three years old, tumbling. So Especially in Texas. In the South, mm -hmm. they take that serious. They do. They do. So I can only imagine how some of them feel like we really have to know how to do, you know, flips and twirls and get thrown up in the air and do death drops and all this stuff. And, and they don't lives. get paid anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
they risk their lives, and then you just have some influence that's going in front of camera, move a hip, move a hand, and then they got they get a check from that. Yeah, and it shows. It's just it's it's like you said. It's hard not to get jealous, especially when you're putting in that hard work in the gym every single morning. And then all you got to do is stand in front of a camera and then put the lights on. And then now you can just go back and sit on the couch and yeah. do what you want to do. Yeah. It yeah. makes people feel some type of way. It does. And I'm, and I'm yeah. sure with teachers, it does too. You know, cause teachers salaries are not, you know, y'all are not making 200 grand a year. Yeah. And it's sad. Cause I know some teachers that um, on my Instagram, they'll reach out to me and they're, they're telling me that they work two, three jobs um, just to put food on the table for their kids. And so it, it, it's, it's pretty sad when you really look at the dynamics and you look at how um, much certain people are making. Because as teachers, we are, we're studying. We're, we're also going, going to college to make more money, to be able to educate these kids even more. And then you realize that our salary is, is not where it should be. And we, it's been years we've been constantly fighting, can we get a higher salary? Can we make more money? But it's just like, when 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 do our voices ever get heard mm-hmm. and i think it's time for us teachers to continue to you know raise our voices that we need, we need to make more money because <laughs> some of these teachers are literally living in poverty some of these teachers are living in their cars some of these pe- teachers are living living in trailers some of these teachers are living check to check and when you tell when you talk to young people about it they're like but how are you guys living check to check if you went to college and you, you're doing this and you're doing that and you just showing them this is just the reality of the world that we live in because yeah. um, we a lot of teachers don't make that much money. Yeah, and that's sad because that is the reality. And because of that reality, it makes sense why these kids aim to go viral and be TikTok stars. Right. You know, right. Why, why should I go to college? if My teacher is homeless. Right. I want to be right. Charlie D'Amelio. You know, that that's just the truth of the matter. But, you know, with anything, we can't all be Charlie D'Amelio. We There's can, only one. And they don't and they don't understand that is mm-hmm. that just because you go viral does not mean you're going to get rich. Because now, let me see, everybody is going viral. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they're not. And a lot of people aren't, you know, making money from going viral. So you're making content, but you're not making a check. Yeah. And that's an issue because then it's just like this social media site, they're running you. You're not running it. You're an employee that's not making anything but just getting emotional gain from it. And what does that say that you need that to get emotional validation? And it goes back to my students, how some of my students are struggling with depression and anxiety. But when they go viral, they're happy. But then mm-hmm. the next day, they're back to being sad because they realize that they need to make another video yep. in order to get that emotional gain back. And that's why I keep on going back. It's a spiritual warfare out here. Yeah, it's a hamster wheel. And when you think about it, the reason why they're happy is because it's a dopamine fix. Mm-hmm. And the thing mm-hmm. what people don't understand with social media, you're only as hot as your last video. Yes. You're only yes. as hot as the last time you went viral. And that's why mm-hmm. these kids have to collaborate and, you know, create drama and go through this and go through that because you're only as hot as your last video. You know, right. and that's the part, you know, that's very hard because if you're not creating content, you're getting plucked out the algorithm because there's somebody else creating content right now. Right, right. And it's sad that we live in a world where you don't know what's real and what's fake deals with all um, the illusions, like even as a teacher, you have to be very careful of what you say in the classroom because you never know what student is recording and will chop up, edit a video. And all of a sudden, next day, 
you're viral. My teacher is racist. Look at yeah. what they said. And you're like, you didn't get the whole video. You're chopping and screwing it. So as teachers, we have to be very careful when we talk about, you know, serious issues that are going on in the world because you just never know who's recording you. So they, they can go viral and benefit from it. Yeah. So this has been a very interesting hour. I just want to thank. It doesn't even feel like we've been talking for an hour, honestly. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome. I'm so happy that you, you know, came on here and you blessed my audience, you know, with just a wealth of information. And this was just really good dialogue to have because I think so many people feel like, you know, social media only affects, you know, young people. But, you know, the depression and the dopamine hits and the ups and the downs, it affects everyone. You know, mm-hmm. and I think this was a good conversation to have um, just to be open and honest about people like Charlie D'Amelio and the things that they go through, the good and the bad. And also just, you know, just being human again and understanding that all of this stuff is very, very spiritual when it's all yes. said and done. You know, the, the, the social media world, the Internet world is just another realm. And I've said that yes. before. It's just another realm. But um, that realm is just as powerful and can affect your life like the physical world, like none other. It's scary. Yes. So anyways, yeah. do you have any last words? So my last words is um, I want to say thank you, T, for letting me sit with y'all. Um, and I want, your, I want to remind your, your, your tea sippers that you have the power to change the world. And don't let the world change you. And I have good news. Um, I just got a notification um, from Amazon because I wrote a book about um, social media and the mental emotional effects that it takes on young people called Fading into the Clouds. Mm -hmm. And it's now number one release for poetry for teens and young adults. So thank you, lovely T, for allowing me to share my thoughts on your platform. I really do appreciate it. And I'm going to call my parents and tell them I was a lovely (laughs) Tate. No, thank you so much. And congratulations on your book and everything that you've been doing. You know, like I told you from the time you first reached out to me, I was just amazed, you know, by your story. And, you know, just once again, thank you for giving so much of yourself to your students. That just means a lot, you. you know, for me as a mother to know that there are teachers out there who genuinely care about our kids. So well, thank, thank you. you so much, lovely T. And remember to always, always put God first and you'll never go wrong. Amen. All right. I will talk to you later. Thank you, Tea Sippers, for joining us. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.